0: Green air is a, a collaboration. And because this is new technology coming in at a time of uh, global um, risk, extremely high risk for um, the global warming, and this program addresses that bit completely in as much as it is a system which in operation has a zero carbon uh, emission.
1: Welcome to the Bailiwick Express podcast. My name is Matthew Leach. I'll be joined each week by a guest for a series of podcasts. Each will shine a light on topics from across the Bailiwick. The format will change week to week. We'll have debates, reviews, hot seat interviews and special guests. So stick with us as we offer some insight on some of the most important issues we in the Bailiwick face. The future of air travel is green, and it's fueled by hydrogen. Well, that's according to the owner of Green Air, Mark Harrison. Mr Harrison has been working in the aviation industry for decades, and most recently has been working on a plan to bring hydroelectric aircraft to the Channel Islands. His grand plan would see several islander aircraft fitted with hydroelectric engines servicing the inter-island routes. Whether or not this is possible is another question, and I asked Mr Harrison to come and tell us, how it could happen, when it could happen and why it needs to happen. So, well, welcome to the studio to our offices, Mark. How, how are you doing today?
0: Yeah, it's all good.
1: And we've already spoken before a little bit, so we kind of introduced each other this week, but we're talking about green air and it seems like a very uh, relevant time to be talking about green air and airlines and the future of, you know, air travel in the it, it, going forward. First off, I suppose, just to introduce yourself and introduce who you are and where you've come from, um, who is Greenair?
0: Greenair is a a Guernsey based uh, incorporated company. It's a new start airline uh, that is spun off from my other uh, work, which is Harrison Aviation, an aviation consultancy. And the background of that is my 50-plus years of, uh, in aviation, in commercial aviation, starting with um, an engineering apprenticeship with uh, Rolls-Royce at Bristol. That's Concorde and uh, Harrier engines and helicopter engines. And then aircraft modification. And then I jumped ship and I went flying. And I started uh, flying uh, heavy helicopters on the North Sea routes, And um, and I've worked in various parts of the world, Middle East and um, Falkland Islands and different parts running those aircraft. Um, I've run in the Channel Islands for about 35 years and had about nine years living up in uh, Aldney.
1: And so from that, you developed Harrison Aviation?
0: Harrison Aviation, and that's a consultancy. And we've done a a fairly broad spectrum of work, Um, worked on... Airships. There's a big program going forward at the moment with um, bringing airships back into use, uh, brand new ones. And um, so that I did a little bit of work there, which was to do with the interface between uh, bringing uh, a a manufactured product into operation. It was a tiny slice that I had a particular um, uh, knowledge of, and I was able to help them for a bit with that. And then a lot of uh, aviation manuals. I do uh, manuals for different aircraft uh, to allow them to operate.
1: And so how did that then lead into um, green air? Because that's kind of a, it's kind of splintered off, hasn't it, from Harrison? Is that, would it that be has. a good way of um, saying it?
0: Well, it really what happened with it is this. Uh, I've been involved with electric aviation and, and sustainable aviation for about 35 years, trying to work out how it was to be done and why and when. But it became obvious about oh, eight or nine years ago that we were very, very nearly there. As we saw electric cars um, developing, we knew that the technology was possible, but we also knew that the batteries were too heavy. And um, so that we wanted the batteries to develop a bit more. But in actual fact, the path has changed. And we find that pure batteries, although they are very desirable, are too heavy. Hybrid systems are too heavy, and they're dirtier than normal aircraft. Um, But hydrogen electric, and I'll explain that a little bit more later, is the way forward. Uh, So what we're using is a green hydrogen, that's hydrogen manufactured from uh, sustainable sources, and we convert that into electricity in hydrogen fuel cells, That technology is very uh, well understood and and has been used many, many times across the years. It's gone to the moon. Every time something's gone to the moon, it's had hydrogen fuel cells on it. So it's well understood. But what we're doing now is to miniaturise it and put it into uh, light aircraft.
1: I mean, that's... Fascinating. It sounds like. the I mean, is this going to be the future of air travel? Do you see it? That it will way? be.
0: Uh, what, what is happening now? You'll see all of the major manufacturers. So that's uh, Airbus, uh, Boeing, um, the uh, NASA, British Aerospace, the um, Heart Aerospace over in uh, in Sweden. All of us are moving towards uh, hydrogen electric electric um, propulsion, and. So that all on the sub-regional aircraft, that's the, the, the nine-seater type aircraft, they will all be hydrogen in a gaseous form. And then the slightly bigger aircraft will be hydrogen fuel cells running electric motors, powering propellers, but in, with a liquid hydrogen. And then the transatlantic aircraft, uh, they will be liquid hydrogen, but that will be combusted in in what look like um, very standard uh, jet engines, but in actual fact are are, um, uh, tailored for hydrogen.
1: And so, I mean, we sound like we're quite far along. I mean, when can we see, have we seen planes already flying with these kinds of engines? Uh, And what kind of time frame? There have
0: have been aircraft flying with uh, hydrogen fuel cells powering them. The, there is a specific, a very tiny area within this technology which has needed to be resolved. And that is to do with the speed of response of these um, hydrogen fuel cells. And that is where Cranfield Aerospace Solutions, who I've been working very, very closely with for the last uh, two and a half years. That's where their expertise is. They work with all of the major Um, uh, aircraft manufacturers, so that's uh, NASA, Rolls-Royce, Airbus, BAE, uh, all of these people. And um, they do very specific types of research and early manufacture prototyping. In the case of this, the UK government are very committed to the, the UK, British Isles, being world leaders in this field. And so there is a very large program, research program, in both the aircraft technology, the propulsion technology, but also in the ground-based infrastructure, which is vital to make all of this uh, work correctly. And so part of the work I've been doing over the last two and a half years has actually not been to do with the aircraft or the propulsion systems. It's been to do with the ground-based infrastructure. So I've been talking who would be the, the people who want to make this hydrogen and it turns out that it's uh, the Guernsey Electricity, Jersey Electricity, um, all of the Rubis, who are the fuel distributors here um, in Guernsey, so that they they all have a very, very strong interest in hydrogen uh, for a variety of different reasons. And um, what is happening in the UK is that the uk government have just put in a very large amount of money 630 something million pounds into the research of the ground-based infrastructure because that has to be in place to allow all of the aircraft to fly and to allow the trucks and the cars to run on hydrogen and it only ever makes sense if it's green hydrogen it has to be green otherwise wasted time so i
1: mean Forgive me, but it sounds complicated to get. There must be a lot of stakeholders involved, people you must talk to. I mean, how? what needs to happen for this to be a realistic prospect for the Channel Islands?
0: Well, the reason it works for the Channel Islands is this. The Channel Islands, uh, the Islander aircraft is very, very well known down here. It's been working here uh, for the last, um, since 1967, 68, and... It's a very well-understood aircraft. It's a very successful, it's the most successful British commercial aircraft ever manufactured by number. And um, so that when I understood that Cranfield had selected the islander for this programme, Project Fresson Phase 1, um, I rang them immediately and went to see them two or three days later. Because I understood that the inter-island routes here were absolutely perfect for this, And what we're trying to do green air is trying to do is to make the inter-island transport a very very simple fun type uh, experience step on step off reduce the cost as much as we can it's a bus service it's no more than that very very high frequency between the islands um, so that those who wish to nip down to jersey for a meeting in the morning they could nip down from uh, from Guernsey in the morning and be back by lunchtime uh, rather than uh, wasting a whole day down there sitting around the airport. So that's the type of uh, programme we want. We know it works. We know we've got all the background data on it because it's all published public uh, domain data. And and we know it was successful because Orini did it highly uh, successfully for 35 odd years with the Islanders and with Trilanders. Um, so we're not producing anything new other than the Islander that we'll be running is effectively a brand new aircraft, it's a completely different power system but all of the, um, all of the core bit of the aircraft, the wing and the fuselage is, is as it always has been, highly successful.
1: So you get to a point say in three or four years where you have your fleet of aircraft, what kind of permissions do you need? How does that get implemented in the island? How do you absorb that route?
0: Well, the, the routes originally the, the routes were built up by uh, Sir Derek Bailey um, with Orini in 1968, um, and the, he was very insistent that the route needed to be um, a triangular route. So that was uh, Orini, Glossair became Orini, and those routes were built up: Aldney, Guernsey, Jersey, Aldney. That tri- that triangle. And um, we are absolutely certain that you need to replicate that system and it involves all of those people, all of those companies who are currently involved with those routes uh, being part of this. So Green Air is a a collaboration and because this is new technology coming in at a time of uh, global um, risk, extremely high risk for um, the global warming and this program addresses that bit completely in as much as it is a system which in operation has a zero carbon uh, emission. So that you've taken an existing aircraft, you change the propulsion system and it's, and its uh, emissions drop to zero instantly.
1: I mean that's incredible. Are you, um, have you had conversations with local government?
0: All of that is ongoing. It is there is a lot to be discussed still, and a lot to be. Uh, local governments and local companies have got to be convinced that this is a the correct way forward, b it's viable, and c it doesn't remove their own uh, viability. It doesn't. It's not a threat to them, and it isn't, because what Green Air is proposing is a collaboration that we would be working directly with all these different uh, stakeholders and the real uh, background to it is that we wish to ensure that this technology which addresses uh, global warming as much as we possibly can it uh, is brought into the Channel Islands and so that the Channel Islands become uh, the first jurisdiction in the world to be operating completely zero carbon on the inter-island uh, air transport.
1: Which would make us uh, head and shoulders above the rest, which would be quite incredible.
0: It would be. I mean, you mentioned earlier on that this is uh, um, complex, and it is. uh, And there are so many different facets of this. uh, And part of my background, I've now 52 years in aviation. I've done a lot of different bits of aviation. And part of the unique skill set I have is that it crosses so many of these boundaries, design, engineering, modification, operations. uh, 35 years in the Channel Islands, I'm well aware of the the flicky weather we have here. Um, So it's stitching all of these different aspects together um, to put it into a format that we know will work and know will be viable and that will help the whole of the Channel Islands, but that it isn't a simple matter and it will take and is taking an immensely deep commitment to get the whole thing to run correctly and at the moment we're we're sort of in the foothills of it but we seem to be heading in the right direction.
1: And forgive me for asking, but it always seems to come round to this. Um, To make this entire enterprise viable, would it need financial backing from government or is it an entirely private enterprise?
0: Uh, There is absolutely no requirement for financial uh, money uh, at all from government. It will require uh, money, of course it will, uh, but that will be private money. And if you look at what is happening across the world with this move from a hydrocarbon society to a hydrogen-based society is happening extremely rapidly and um if you look the motor industry 30 years ago were predicting this time and they were saying that when it happened it would happen almost instantly Uh, and this is exactly what is happening this move is very very rapid but what it does do is to move the the extremely large volumes of money which are currently in hydro uh, hydrocarbon uh, the oil industry which I've been part of, I've been very much part of uh, in the past. I think but, we all have. Yeah, that's part of it. At, um, you know, in the Middle East and the North Sea and all that. But it's now moving across to hydrogen. And, uh, and so that, that, those vast sums of money are moving over to hydrogen and the will is moving over to this completely clean, sustainable technology across all transport industries, whether it's marine or surface transport or air transport.
1: And so you mentioned um, before, well, while we were discussing, before we sat down and had a conversation, um, that there's an event coming up of some kind?
0: No, Farnborough, uh, the International Farnborough Air Show is coming up in two weeks' time. It starts on the 18th, I think. And uh, in fact, uh, Cranfield Aerospace Solutions, uh, who are, are the lead in Project Fresson, which is the conversion of the islander to a hydrogen electric power, they will be exhibiting there and uh, I'll be going to um, assist them uh, and be uh, at their stand with them uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, the what the project Freson has four phases. Phase one is the islander, um, so we're trying to work out the core architecture of hydrogen electric aircraft, and that architecture and the regulations that are around it are extremely difficult to, to get to correct but they are coming correct, and it's because of this very, very powerful um, organisation in Cranfield that allows that to happen. When Project Fresson, the island, phase one, the islander, is complete, that technology will be moved sideways very, very quickly and scaled up to fit into the Twin Otter aircraft, a 19-seater. And then, the Project and that's Fresson phase two, Fresson three is a brand new 19-seater, And then phase four is a brand new 70-seater electric, hydrogen electric aircraft. So those phases are all running now. The design work is running on all of those, but um, the Islander phase
1: one comes first. And hopefully we'll see it in our skies. I hope we will.
0: It'll it'll start flying, uh, we believe, uh, in early next year. And and then it will be tested and tested and tested and tested. When it comes down here... There'll be, it'll be a completely fully certified uh, uh, aircraft, the same as any other aircraft coming down here. There'll be no aspect of um, prototyping or testing down here. It'll all have been done. And uh, so all we'll do is to bring it in here, and what the passengers will notice is it's quiet, and uh, that we will uh, be able to run the operation in a very efficient, quiet manner uh, with zero carbon.
1: And so do you think it's inevitable that eventually all planes will be electric? Yes, they will.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, well, uh, they will be hydrogen and the smaller, the smaller aircraft, the sub-regional, that's the nine-seaters and the 19-seaters, um, will be hydrogen electric. The regional aircraft will be hydrogen electric. The transatlantic long-haul aircraft will be pure hydrogen. And uh, so they'll be, they'll be um, combusting that hydrogen in jet engines. Um, but what you will find and what you'll see, and you'll sort of hear that the dates of this, 2035, they're saying these aircraft will be in play. Now, the, um, that really describes the very large aircraft because what will happen... Is that you? uh, The the aircraft shapes will change quite a lot, and so you'll be bringing in a whole new range of brand new aircraft for the international routes, and um, uh, that's why that date is fixed, two thousand and thirty-five. But for the Islander, uh, that will, as I say, start flying next, uh, the end of next year or beginning of two thousand twenty-five, and then um, a twenty-four and then um, it, it will have the two years um, testing and then it will be in service. Fantastic. Is there anything else we missed or anything you'd like to add? No, I don't think so. I think the the, the, the only aspects I would add is that um, whatever happens with sustainable aviation, it has to be absolutely front of the pack, it has to be financially viable, otherwise it, people will just not buy into it. And so the work I've been doing, a part of the work I've done over the last couple of years, has been to work out the financially viable path, which will allow the inter-island routes here to be run viably, to be run cheaply uh, and simply. And uh, I think I've got the right right mix on that. Um, but it's been a couple of years' work to get there.
1: Well, I wish you all the best of luck and thank you very much for talking to us. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Bailiwick Express podcast. The title track was Shift My Weight by Luno. If you enjoyed it, I know it's a pain, but please like and share. It all helps, and remember, you can hit bailiwickexpress.com to stay right up to date with whatever is happening in the Bailiwick. You can find us online, on social, on email, and on internet radio. There'll be more from me, Matthew Leach, and all the Bailiwick Express team next Friday.